Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up. Celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat to Australian performer Ainsley Mellon, who you may remember from Aladdin the Musical and Pippin the Musical. We have a chat about both those shows, as well as being in High Five in 2013, and we also go back to talk about his childhood and how he found his love for performing, and how he got through bullying, and how he gets through haters now. And we also talk about co-founding the charity We The Industry. There's so much to cover, so let's get into it now. Three, two, one. Do this. Raise it all. Hey guys, it's Georgie May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Arthur It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Raving it up. fun. Hashtag Lauren, Rave It Up. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Ainsley, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. As we said before we started recording, we were supposed to do this face-to-face, but it's supposed to, you know, raining all today and we're supposed to do it outside, but hopefully in the future we can do it face-to-face as well. But I have been really looking forward to this, so I appreciate you taking the time, especially with the whole moving house this weekend. Of course, of course. I know for those who are listening, we've been moving house, but we're in, we're settled, and now I'm happy to be here chatting with you. Oh, well, it's good. I'm giving you a bit of a break from, you know, emptying boxes and stuff. (laughs) Now, since this is your first time on the show, Ainsley, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better and start from the beginning of your whole journey, if that's okay, to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. So when I was, uh, I really wanted to know, because I've been doing a bit of research online and sometimes, you know, some things online are true and some are not. I really wanted to know from you, how did you originally find your love for entertainment and performing? Was it through your family or friends or just from going to musicals as a kid? Yeah, I think it was definitely uh, inspired first at home with my family. When I was growing up, um, my father and I used to sit down and watch old black and white films. Uh, And that's because I used to love uh, the music of the era. And I also used to love tap dancing. It was something that I started when I was very, very young. So I used to sit and watch with him all of those beautiful musicals with Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and Donald O'Connor. And they're doing these beautiful um, tap routines. And and of course, the beautiful women of that era, um, uh, Ann Miller and um, Ginger Rogers, just just stunning. So I think that's where my love for musical theatre, particularly first was born. Um, And then you know, it, it grew from there throughout my childhood and, and obviously into my career. So did you ever think of it as a career as well or was it more like a hobby starting out and did you have other careers in mind? Yeah, I think uh, I always knew that I loved it. I always knew inside, deep down, that, oh, I wish I could do this, you know, for the rest of my life. But I, I guess I never really knew if that was possible, never really understood if, if that was a solid career path. Um, and that knowledge only came uh, very close to, to the end of my schooling. When I was graduating, somebody said to me, you know, if you want to do this as a career, you should go to this school, this school, this school. 
and they laid out a list in front of me and, and that's sort of how my journey started uh, professionally. But, but yeah, I always knew uh, from a very young age that this is something that I loved and I wanted to do. Oh, that's great. So no plan Bs as, as they call it. <laughs> you know, I always thought I was like, oh, maybe I could do psychology. Uh, I was always really good at maths at school. So I was like, mm, maybe I could become a teacher. I mean, I'm terrible at maths now. So uh, <laughs> clearly <laughs> out of practice, but um, keep it up. <laughs> Yeah, there were some other things that were sort of floating around, but none, none really sort of uh, lit a spark in me like performing did. Mm, that's when you know it's a passion when you just that's right. Yeah, I can't imagine yourself doing anything else. I'm kind of the same with interviewing. Like I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. So yeah, yeah something we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> When I was doing my research on you, and correct me if I am wrong, with I did hear that your dad didn't want you to dance when you were younger. And I'm sure there are actually a lot of boys listening today that might actually relate. So how did you get over that and decide to follow your dreams no matter what? You know, some people find it so hard to not take what their parents or some other loved ones say on board. But, you know, it is your life after all, isn't it? You just got to make sure you're happy. Yes, I have to say I was I was very very lucky. There is a story that my mother tells when I was very young that she said to to my dad, "Oh, he's always moving around the room when I put music on. He's bopping around. Maybe we should put him into dance lessons." And dad was like, "Oh, no, I don't really I don't know. I don't know about it." Mum was very adamant, so she put me into lessons. <clears throat> and then once dad saw how much enjoyment I got from it, he was absolutely on board. So I had his support from very early on. There may have been some hesitation at the start, but I, but I, but I do want to put that out there that he, that he has been uh, my number one supporter and used to um, sew costumes for me when I was uh, competing and, and, you know, was, is, was always there with me uh, at competitions. It would be me and my father and, and all the other lovely um, young girls and their mothers. So we were like the odd pair in, in these comp in competitions. Um, but yes, I understand, uh, you know, a lot of my peers have been in situations, have grown up in situations where perhaps they don't have that wonderful support. Um, and that can be really challenging. But as you said, it, it is, it is, it is your journey. It is your, your life and your passion. Um, it can be hard to follow when there are those external pressures trying to tell you not to do that or go elsewhere. Um, but I would like to think that, think that that spark, that essence always sort of like shines through somewhere, you know, no, no matter what you end up doing. Mm. Well, yeah, you definitely hear so many stories of people just going down the path of whatever job or career that their parents are doing because either they've been pressured to do that or they feel like they have to. But it's right. so good that, yeah, you went down that different path. And it looks like your dad is one of your number one fans now. Right. <laughs> it's funny, it just turns, you know, 180, doesn't it? <laughs> and times are changing, but I do think, unfortunately, you know, not fast enough. Boys are still getting criticized and bullied for dancing or you know not being the so-called you know manly enough and in mm. a channel 10 story that I watched when you were doing Aladdin um your mum did say that you were bullied as a kid but it was kind of like water off a duck's back as they say is that true for you or did you kind of get it you know did it go internally in you and yeah look I think um it does affect you but I think that statement is is relatively true um I never let it um, deter me, mm. no matter what anybody else said. 
I was always involved with the, the arts department at school. You know, I was I was up there singing and performing and part of the school musicals and part of the choir at mass and all this sort of stuff. Uh, you know, and I used to get some flack for that. But I think, in, again, in comparison to probably what some of my peers have experienced or, you know, what some others experience out there, I think my, I was very lucky and, and I did, I did, you know, receive some pushback, but um, I had a lot of support around me and that allowed me just to um, let it go, let it slide off and, and, and I could, uh, you know, move forward. It's not always easy though. It's not always easy to do that when you have, again, when you have those external pressures and, and your peers, friends, perhaps, you know, uh, giving you a bit of flack for it. But um, I mean, now today, <clears throat> male dancers, there is so much strength and, and, and artistry in, in dance, especially for men, um, you know, some, some of they, they, their bodies are uh, comparable to an athlete. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I think it is, it is the definition of masculinity when you see a, a wonderful, strong male dancer up there um, on the stage. Yeah, definitely. And we do need you on stage too. It can't just all be women. <laughs> yeah, you need both. You need to make sure we're representing everybody, which is great exactly. to see. Yeah. And I'm guessing, especially now that your career has been, you know, up and up and up, I swear you just keep getting better and better and getting better and better roles. But now on the other side of things, you know, it, instead of bullying at school, now we've got social media and I'm sure, you know, it, I've spoken to heaps of people in musical theatre and it is definitely some something that they all go through is haters mm. and bad comments online. So do you do the exact same thing that you did when you were a kid and just kind of focus on the people that do support you and water off a duck's back, as they say? I love that phrase. I'm just going to keep saying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Again, it's tricky. I, I feel like, as you mentioned, the, the further you go and, and you, you have these little successes and, and you're building a career, the, the further and the deeper you get into it, the more pressure you feel is on is on your shoulders because yeah, you're you, more in the spotlight, yeah. I guess. People start knowing your name and know the music. Yeah, I guess. And, and you've and you've built a reputation, and you don't want to um, you you don't want to let that down. You you want to you want to live up to that reputation. So uh, that pressure can be sometimes you know quite demanding, um, and then you know, add that to what you're talking about with social media and, and, and perhaps some negativity that comes through that. Um, you know, I, I think social media is, is, a, is a wonderful thing. It connects us all, but obviously there are some cons about it as well. And so we have to do our best in our industry to, uh, to really differentiate between what's, what's healthy, what's real, uh, you know, on that platform. And, um, and just and just take those take those bits away that you, that you want to take and, and leave the rest you know yeah um but um no look I, I i do love social media because it connects me with with our industry across across the planet and um you know i have wonderful friends now in new york and london from when i was over there and uh you know we can stay in touch and and our industry feels like a global industry as opposed to just an australian industry yeah. And I think there's a difference between taking the constructive criticism and, and just the haters that are probably having a bad day and they just want to complain right. about something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You're never going to please everyone by no, any definitely means. definitely not. Very, very subjective. So, you know, you just, you just live with that. <laughs> yeah. 
Just focus on the fans, the people who do love you. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback or ebook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. There is even an audiobook version coming very soon. No, Rave It Up now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to. You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know and you've also studied at WAPA, which is a huge performing arts school that, you know, so many musical theatre stars have studied at. I swear most of you have. <laughs> and you also did the NIDA Open Program and you went to La Belle School of Dance. You were born in Bathurst, though, which is, you know, quite a small town. How was that transition for you from Bathurst to, you know, a major city like Perth when you were going to study at WAPA? Yeah. It was, it was really exciting. I, I feel like when I had got to that point where I was accepted into WAPA, I just finished my schooling. I felt like I was sort of at the point, uh, I had achieved most of what I could have achieved in Bathurst in terms of performing in our industry. Um, I had some wonderful, wonderful tutors and teachers there who I, I would not be here um, today without them. Um, and they certainly formed the foundation of, of, of who I am today as a performer. Um, but then I needed to go uh, further and, and Perth and Wapper was the perfect place to do that. And Wapper, um, Perth rather, the city was like a, a lovely transition between Bathurst and let's say like Sydney and Melbourne, because mm. I feel like Perth is a little bit more chilled out. It's a little bit more relaxed, or at least it was when I was there. <laughs> so it was like this nice in between of like really fast paced city and really slow country town and Perth sort of lived in the middle um, and it had the best of both worlds. So it was a nice transition for me just personally moving out of home, uh, you know, and, and going to uni uh, and then eventually coming back to Sydney and Melbourne. Was that was that the first time out of Bathurst as well? Not out of Bathurst, but it was certainly the first time living out of home. It was the yeah. first time living in the city um by yourself <laughs> yeah by myself uh, and yeah so there, there was all of those wonderful exciting things and challenges to deal with yeah only makes you stronger though and grows you as a person <laughs> and from 2013 to 16 you were a member of high five now when uh, I did read this I was so excited to talk to you about it when did this <laughs> opportunity all come about for you were you already doing musical theater at the time and what made you want to take that opportunity over musical theater? Um, so this happened basically as soon as I graduated, I was really, really lucky. Oh, good timing. <laughs> we doing, it was very good timing. We were doing our final showcase. Um, we were touring it, touring it around uh, the country. We were Perth, Sydney, Melbourne. Um, and at the same time, there was a casting brief for High Five. They were looking for new members. And it was a little bit of a, uh, you know, 
a toss up at the time, because as you said, I, I'd spent three years studying in music theater. And in my head, I thought, okay, I'll probably go into a musical, I'll move into the ensemble, I'll try and work my way up and do what most people do in terms of a career path in that, in that industry. Um, and then this opportunity came along and it was attractive in terms of full-time employment, you know, a yeah. steady income. At the same time, we got to travel the world and we got to film a TV series. Um, so there were some really exciting things as a young performer just graduating um, that were part of this job. So, so you know, I took the job and uh, spent three years with the group. Um, and it taught me so much about myself as a performer, how to handle myself on the road, how to be independent, how to work as part of a team on stage because there's five of us and, you know, there's no sort of, uh, lead role we're very much an ensemble um, and uh, yeah I, I think with again without that I certainly wouldn't be the, the performer I am today or I certainly wouldn't be where I am today I learned a lot on that job and made some wonderful friends um, and bought my lovely apartment thanks to that so that's good <laughs> exactly yes. the great thing about these interviews is I really take you back and make you think about all your past <laughs> And it's good. You're grateful for it all, which is fantastic. Yeah. But lots of hard work along the way. Like I yeah, definitely yeah, always noticed that with all of you performers. And mm -hmm. when you left the group, you did say you felt like it was time to transa transition back into your theatre roots. Will musical theatre always be your number one love? Or is there also some other things that you want to try within the industry? You know, I think music theatre, yeah, it, it will be probably uh, at the heart of it. I don't, you know, I'd love to be on, on screen. Um, I'd love to do some time there. Obviously, we filmed with High Five. Um, I filmed uh, Aladdin uh, a couple of years ago. We filmed it on stage. But I've never really been on, on, on a, a full set for like a, a drama or a movie or, or something like that. So I think I, I'd love to do something like that in the future. But uh, it always sort of leads back to, to theatre and to musicals for me. I think the, the, there's something about the music in particular that gets me um, and standing on the stage and, and having that live experience that you sort of just can't beat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge musical fan. Like, I totally know what you mean. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's the combination of being able to sing and then dance and it's like a play as well. It's all just, you know, mushed into one thing. It was really exciting. And the live aspect too, that I think we all really missed during COVID. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. And you did mention Aladdin, which a lot of people probably remember you from. And you got that role just after High Five and you're only, what, 24 at the time and you did the whole Australian tour and later on Broadway. Was that scary being a lead at, you know, quite a young age? Because this is your first yeah, lead role too, wasn't it? Except for, I guess, High Five. Can you classify that as a lead role? <laughs> yeah, I, it was... It, there were... I, I guess I was apprehensive about it. You know, that there's there's a lot of pressure and particularly with that show and with that uh, material because, um, you know, it's it's coming from the Disney cartoon with which many people have seen in their childhood. So there's a certain nostalgia attached to that. Many people have wonderful stories and memories attached to that show or to that story. And so they're bringing that to the musical, um, which is beautiful. 
because they're, they're coming uh, with all that beautiful history to, to, to see this live show. But at the same time, as a performer, you sort of acknowledge that, that and you go, oh gosh, I, I hope I live up to the expectations. But again, I had a really wonderful team around me. I had uh, Michael James Scott, who was playing our genie, and Ariel Jacobs, who was playing Jasmine. They were both performers from New York, and, and they had both, you know, performed many times in wonderful shows over there. So I, I had them either side of me to learn from and to support. Um, and so even though it, it perhaps was uh, scary, I guess I never felt too overwhelmed because I because I had that wonderful structure around me, um, and most of all, it was fun. You know, you're like you're you're literally living a Disney uh, dream on stage. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, it, it really was a wonderful experience. I, I count myself very lucky to have uh, booked that role, that job at that time in my life. You know, sometimes these things are just about timing, about the right show coming at the right time, and certainly that was one of those cases. Yeah. Well, you definitely did a great job because you're nominated for a Helpman Award for Best Male Actor in a Musical and then won a Glug Award for Most Outstanding Performance by a Newcomer. Does that award now sit proudly in your home or did your parents want to keep it? (laughs) (laughs) My parents do have a lot of things. They have like a little, uh, when you walk into the, the, the front door of their house, they have a, a wonderful big picture of me right in the foyer. It's a bit Just like a shrine. shrine. It's a little bit weird. Um, but uh, they are very proud and, you know, and, and that makes me very happy. But, yes, certainly that award, uh, that award is in one of these boxes and it will soon be on a shelf. So, <laughs> Yay. Maybe that shelf yes. will land you. It's on the wall. Right. <laughs> ready exactly. to showcase. Uh-huh. And how was it working with Michael James Scott as Genie? Because I think he is so funny and he like really stole the show. Incredible yeah. artist. He, he, I mean, he's a wonderful performer, a huge ball of energy. Um, and yeah, again, just learned a lot from, from um, him being attached to the show, being able to stand beside him on stage. And because he had been uh, a part of the company uh, in New York for such a long time, uh, he brought a certain history, uh, his own history with the show that we could learn from. And, you know, he, he told us many stories and, and, and that informed what we did on stage. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's really exciting when you get those opportunities to um, perform align- alongside wonderful performers like that. Mm, definitely. It's good to learn from all those people. So you can, you know, exactly. instead of making the mistakes yourself, you just learn from them. Right. They say. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's safe to say that nearly everyone working in musical theatre, especially in Australia, have the dream of working on Broadway. Come on, that's how you know you've made it. And you have with Aladdin. So how did you not freak out every night with like nervousness because of this huge opportunity? I think because I had done the show for so long, I was able to um, sort of quell that nervous energy. But I must say that um, in my first put-in, which is, you know, the, the, the rehearsal essentially mm-hmm. um, for Broadway. Casey Nicolor was there um, and some of the Disney team were there and a few of the actors were there and obviously me. This is my opportunity to rehearse a few things before I go on stage. Um, and there was a moment when Casey uh, stopped the rehearsal and called me aside and said, look, I just need to tell you that this is a big deal. We know it's a big deal. You know it's a big deal. He's like, just let go of that nervous energy. Just breathe. You're making your Broadway debut. It's very exciting. 
and then let's continue the rehearsal because I think he could see that in my head I was you know sort of running over this whole experience and so and you know, so sort of working myself up a little bit because even though I had done the show for so long um as you said we're on Broadway now you know yeah. and and there was a this was like a, a an, an added level of uh, of pressure and 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 excitement and nervous energy and it was all just sort of bubbling but after he stopped and and said that to me and it was acknowledged out loud then I could sort of breathe and and we move forward and from then it was just lots of fun wouldn't that have made it worse though it's like well thank you for reminding me I already know it's a big deal (laughs) I think I think yes that you know could have gone that way but for me it was um it calmed you down yeah, acknowledging those thoughts inside, inside and that we were able to to air that and then move forward. Because I think a lot of the time you think that that you're having a unique experience or this is just, you know, this is just you. Mm. But then you realise that probably everybody's had this experience on their first time on Broadway, you know. So yeah. uh, there's comfort in that. Yeah, that's good. It's a whole family. Yes, exactly. Said, yeah. And, you know, when we're allowed to travel again, would you like to go back over to there or, you know, is there things happening in the future in that department? No, I would love, I absolutely love to return. You know, there are, um, there are question marks (laughs) for the future over there. Everything is so, so, you know, so just moving around at the moment and Mm. and so, so fragile. Um, but no, certainly personally, I would love to return. And that is the plan when it is safe and, and you know, viable to do so. Yeah. Um, and when the industry is, is back and healthy. But um, we have, we have we've made some wonderful friends over there. I, I'd love to, number one, just see them. Even if it's not for work, I'd love to go back over there and see them because it's been so long. Yeah. Well, mm. when you become really huge, like Hugh Jackman or something, make sure you remember <laughs> us Australians, all right? <laughs> of course, back. of course. <laughs> You interviewed Hugh, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, someone's done their research. Yes. Um, that's amazing. I'm I would, impressed. I would... Some people don't do their research on who's <laughs> going to be interviewing them. So thank you. <laughs> I would love to meet him one day. So I'm jealous that you have. Oh, you have he's met. exactly who you think he'd be. Like as soon as I met yeah. him, I'm like, oh my God, he's so nice. And like treated Good. everyone like a friend. As soon as I walked in the room, it was like he knew me already. And I'm like. We haven't met before but thank you like i love this <laughs> yeah if i can if i can i think i've always thought from a young age if i could emulate like a slice of him yeah then, then you know i'd be i'd be happy yeah. i always say he's like the celebrity that knows how to be a celebrity like you never see anything bad written about him in the media he just right. he's a normal person he just wants to have time with his family and with his wife and just yeah. do this really cool job <laughs> This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. At the end of last year, you were the lead in Pippin, which, you know, I'm sure everyone remembers you from. And I loved the show. Fantastic. You just, you really sold the show. You and Gabriel, like, oh my God. Like just 
just keep it you two in the whole show. I'd be very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) And this really was the show that marked the return of theatre in Australia after COVID. You guys Mm -hmm. definitely had some challenges though, like rehearsals, which normally take place in studio, were on the actual stage. Did you actually prefer that though? Because then you actually get used to the actual stage before you go on, you know, in front of a live audience. Yeah, I think I think it was um, a double-edged sword. I mean, certainly for that show, it was probably very important because of the circus element. <clears throat> we were climbing up things. We were mm. um, swinging on things. People were throwing people through the air. Um, so I think it, getting our bodies used to that and being able to do that on set as opposed to having to deal with that transition from rehearsal room to stage, mm. um, that was much preferred. But in saying that, because you're on stage from the very start, you also feel like there is a performance element um, in play from the very start. So usually when you're in the rehearsal room, you you feel a little bit more cozy, you feel a little safer, you can explore things. um, And then that gradually grows as when you get on stage, but we were on stage from the very start. So you were like, Oh my gosh, I have to fill this huge space already you know yeah. and I and I'm only just learning this show um so that was an interesting um little challenge to to get our heads around mm. and there was a lot more other challenges too because I I did love your Instagram post you said you were constantly challenged by Pippin that you, and that yeah. you can tick knife throwing pole climbing back flipping and guitar playing all off your special skills list Please tell us how much training was involved for this part in Pippin because it's definitely not just a singing and dancing show. It's like a mini circus. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not. It is, it is a mini circus. It's not just straightforward. Um, and I think the, the really wonderful thing about this particular production and what I am most proud of for our cast and our team <clears throat> is that it was put on in such a short amount of time. Um, you know, usually around the world when they mount this show, the Pippins have a few weeks of acro training and then they'll go into about, you know, anywhere between seven or eight weeks of rehearsal. Here, I had no acro training before the rehearsal and we had about four to five weeks of rehearsal. So everything was so condensed um, and we were all working extremely hard you know, and that's and and it was condensed because it had to be because of COVID and because of you know uh, budget and and we were just trying to get theatre back on the stage. Mm. Uh, and everybody worked extremely hard, coming in early, staying late after rehearsals to to try and rehearse these special skills, to try and work different parts of the show. Um, you know, and 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 certainly for me, I I still felt like I was uh, working the show and 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 getting my body and my voice and and my head around the show well into the run you know yeah. even 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 opening night didn't feel um polished I was we were still working on the show because I think just because of the nature of it because there is so much involved in it mm. well you definitely did a good job I didn't see opening Thank night you. I saw it a bit later on so I don't know how it was at opening night <laughs> no it was lovely it was By lovely the time I saw it it was great <laughs> Good on <laughs> and for both Pippin and Aladdin, how did you keep in such great shape? Because for both parts, you know, you either had to take your shirt off or have quite, you know, skin showing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the show where I can be dressed from like here 
right down to my ankles. Yeah, and don't even have to worry about it. You know, I can eat cake every night. <laughs> exactly. Um, they were actually very different processes. Aladdin, I had a trainer outside of the show. Um, and so I would train uh, two or three times a week and do the show and, you know, adhere to a, a, a bit of a diet. Um, and so that's how uh, that happened in terms of the physical aspect, in terms of the aesthetic of the show. For Pippin, I sort of threw caution to the wind a little bit because we were coming out of uh, COVID, out of lockdown. Uh, and I sort of was acknowledging, oh, gosh, I've not sung or danced or, or done any of this for eight months. Um, so I already knew that my body was going to be challenged just getting back to the baseline. Was, where, where yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, I thought, oh, gosh, then I have to think about, you know, being half naked on stage. Um, and I guess I didn't want to add that pressure to my body also in terms of going out and training, mm. uh, you know because we, I wasn't able to train consistently while we were in lockdown. So I just sort of relied on the show, to be honest with you. And, I, and, and because of the um, circus nature of the show and the pole climbing and the backflipping and all that sort of stuff, it sort of just naturally happened, which I was very thankful for. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's amazing when you stop the show, how quickly that disappears. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, gosh, as soon as I stop this, you know, I'm going to have to be careful. I'm just going to roll out of roll out of here um yeah i had muscles last week and now i don't <laughs> um so yeah the processes were very different but they were different because i think you know uh, because of covid and because of those circumstances i really wanted to be as kind to my body as i could possibly be while mm. while also you know achieving everything i had to achieve yeah there's always quite a big fitness element for really any musicals because you do have to yes. sing and dance sometimes at the same time but were, were these parts totally different from anything else that you've done before because I'd say for anyone you know it would be really difficult to get stripped down on stage in front of an audience as well unless I guess you have the best body confidence you know do you nearly feel like <laughs> naked out there <laughs> yes you do feel weird it does feel bizarre it, it feels more bizarre when um, I think when it's in rehearsals because you don't have the lighting and the and the world of the show doesn't exist yet. Mm. Once the show, once you're in the show and you've got lighting and everything, you can sort of lose yourself in the character and in in the narrative of it, and you don't focus on it so much. You don't feel this as lighting is going to make me look good. <laughs> oh, yeah, cross fingers. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, you sort of you you do sort of let it go. It, it, it's it's a learned thing. It's definitely mm. a learned thing. I'm I'm certainly not uh, the sort of person that is, uh, you know. Although it might might seem differently, but like in my personal life, I'm not particularly like yes, gonna do that and be confident. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so that was certainly a, a challenge for me. But it's it, I think it's a learned uh, habit that you sort of you know you learn to live with. Yeah. I do like bringing that question up because it is something, you know, as an audience member, you don't really think about. You're like, you're just watching the show and, you know, where with me, obviously being an interviewer, I'm like thinking of other things. I'm like, oh, how did they do that? How do they do that trick? Or how much training was involved in that? And then it's like, oh my God, they're taking their shots off. Like, oh my God, like, how do, how do they do that? Because <laughs> I even had like, I did a couple of interviews with the the new guy, the guys in uh, Magic Mike Live at the moment here in Sydney. And I had to ask the exact same thing because I was like, you 
you're getting paid to like just take your clothes off and it's like but you know how good is your body confidence do you like you know want to hide yourself all the time or you know is it exactly like you just said in the whole um you know in the show it's a different atmosphere you know a bit of adrenaline rush and it's different than you know you know just doing it here and now <laughs> right, right right and do, do you uh, get cold as well or are you just kind of like really heated up during the show that you're like actually I'm sweating right now let's take this shirt off <laughs> um yes I think for Pippin it was the latter uh, I was probably happy to uh, you know I had that woolen um like lavender yeah, jumper long thing yeah so like, oh gosh get this off me right now um but I mean it, it's always a struggle on stage because the, the the I mean this is a weird technical thing to talk about but uh they're trying to make the theater most comfortable for the audience and so yeah. sometimes that is not always conducive for the performer because you're like gosh it's really warm out there or it's really cold or like yeah. you know they're like no no we have to have it for the you know because the because of the house and the audience and all that and I'm like I know but I'm wearing like 10 layers please stop. <laughs> take it off now oh <laughs> uh, it's true though and like even with Aladdin like with his outfit you're uh -huh. out there you know just with the um vest sort of thing on pretty much straight uh -huh. away so it's like right. i'm not even warmed up yet and i'm freezing <laughs> Absolutely. oh well you, well you definitely do a good job i'm i'm always amazed at all the performance you performances you've done so keep up the great work and it can be such a stressful industry as i have learned from a lot of the musical theater people i've spoken to you're under uh -huh. pressure all the time either from the people creating the show or even from yourself you know especially when you're playing a lead character and as we said with you know Aladdin and even Pippin being a huge show you've got a bit of a you know you got something to live up to if that makes sense so how mm -hmm. did you get yourself into like get over the perfectionism and you know because I'm sure there's sometimes you might forget your lines or your steps and you'll be like oh my god like why did I do that I've done heaps of training how do you get yeah. over that perfectionism yeah it's really it is really hard I think Pippin was um and I that's probably weird to say because it's most recent but I think I've I learned most from Pippin with regards to uh what you're talking about with mm. regards to letting that perfectionism go and and being okay with making mistakes or having yeah. no, not human. particularly wonderful performances. And then the next night, a, a much better performance. You know, you sort of start to learn how to ride, ride that wave better. And what, um, I mean, this probably sounds really horrible, but what sometimes helps me is looking, <laughs> is looking to performers that I look up to, mm -hmm. um, you know, wonderful, perhaps music theater stars from, from Broadway or around the world, you know, and there are stories, they tell stories or they have videos where they're, where they're talking about the mistakes they've made or, or terrible, terrible things that have happened to them or they've forgotten their lines or the, their voice hasn't come out or something. And I'm mm. like, oh gosh, it really does happen to everybody, you know? Um, and, and then you sort of start to cut yourself some slack. Not only that, but you acknowledge that this is this is not really normal what we do, you know, getting out and performing eight times a week, sometimes more, and singing and dancing, and in the case of Pippin, climbing and flipping and acting and throwing knives and all of that, and doing that in front of an audience um, exactly the same way every night. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really not that normal. And, and, and because we are human, um, I don't think we're really uh, made to do that 
the exact yeah. same way, you know, all the time. So you sort of, st- you just start to live with that a little bit and you go, you know, it's all right if I make a mistake and I have another opportunity tomorrow to fix that. And nine times out of 10, the audience probably doesn't really uh, clock it. Yeah. So Plus like over and over again, you're probably getting more and more tired, more exhausted, you know, especially if you're doing late shows, you're not getting the best sleep as well. So I'm sure, especially with Pippin, with all the mini circus things you got to do, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's just an added element of, you know, that there might be a mistake there. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the gig, navigating the fatigue and navigating the uh, schedule. That's part mm. of, uh, p- part of the job. And, and you certainly, and each show is different. You, I don't think you, you ever really nail it because as soon as you move to a new show with a new set of skills, then you have to recalibrate, you know, mm. and, and find your new routine. So what do you do when you forget your lines? Is that quite embarrassing? Cause it is something you've read <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> um, usually, I mean, usually you're lucky enough to have somebody else on stage to probably pick up for you or, or push you along. Um, I think it's because we've said it over and over again. That's the reason why we forget because we almost sometimes switch into um, autopilot or we, or we get stuck in a particular pattern and it only takes one little thing to throw us off, you know, Mm -hmm. and if something goes different, then, then you're like, Oh wait, where where am I? What's happening? Um, So it's a bizarre thing. You you would think that because you've rehearsed it and done it so many times, you'd be fine. But I think it actually is is sort of geared the opposite. Um, But look, as as embarrassing or or, um, terrifying as it might be at the time, (laughs) certainly afterwards you you have a good laugh and, and, you know, you have a good catalog of stories that you can share with, um, your fellow performers about what happened on that show. So yeah, yeah he was a funny, embarrassing moments because <laughs> yeah. you know when you get into that autopilot, I'm sure there's moments where you're like, "What part of the what part of the show am I at now? <laughs> yeah. Which part so, of the script do I have to remember now?" Do you have something to say or sell, and wanting to launch an email marketing campaign to engage your customers? Constant Contact can help you. They have all the tools you need to market your ideas and they make it quick, easy and affordable to build a professional brand online, attract customers and sell more products, helping you achieve real results. You can sign up now for free to try it out. Go to our website, raveituptv.com and click on the Constant Contact ad on our right sidebar. It'll take you straight there. What have you got to lose? Looking for news that is fair and unbiased? Visit our friends over at Our Shout Media. For all the latest news from Australia and around the world, as well as their own weekly podcast, Our Shout Media delivers news that you can trust. Check them out at ourshoutmedia.wordpress.com. Our Shout Media, news delivered the Australian way on us. And on the side of your performing career, you're also the co-founder of the charity We The Industry, which has the slogan, if you see it, you can be it. Can you please tell us more about this charity and what you do? And also, how can we all help? Yes. Uh, So We The Industry uh, is about um, creating better representation, greater representation within uh, the theatre industry, particularly music theatre, but the arts more broadly also, you know, we don't just focus on on musical theatre. And it's about um, really creating pathways for young aspiring performers, particularly those, 
you know, who, who might identify as people of color or, um, you know, they might be marginalized based on their gender or their sexuality or their um, different, they might be differently abled. Uh, so it's about creating pathways for them uh, into our industry and making sure that they know that there are opportunities for them and that they can see um, that there are people like them in the industry, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that they can do this too. Um, so we're, we're relatively new charity. We started, we, we were founded, we founded the charity um, at, the, at the end of last year. Um, <clears throat> but we're working very hard to try and get everything in place and, and, and to move forward. So we'll be excited to soon uh, open up a portal where people can donate money, hopefully, and, uh, you know, and support that way. But also there will be, uh, you know, lots of opportunities uh, to donate time or energy in other ways if you can't afford to donate money. Um, we're having lots of wonderful conversations with um, some of Australia's education institutions at the moment okay. to try and uh, kick the ball rolling, you know, and and uh, open up those pathways for our, our our young performers. And that way, you know, in a few years, we will we will hopefully see the diversity of our industry. Even though we have wonderful diversity now, we can do better, um, and and we can uh, we can open those doors and make sure that everybody has equal access. So hopefully, in a few years, we will start to see that change. I love that. And just coming out of COVID, it's like the best timing, you know, I know that COVID really affected a lot of people's mental health and now they can come out of it and go, you know, what? I can be anything I want to be. I can be absolutely. like Ainsley. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's where our slogan comes from. If you see it, you can be it. We really believe that if you, you know, for, for all of those wonderful young performers, especially young kids, a lot of kids come to see theater, you know, and if they see people like themselves on the stage, then they acknowledge that, oh, this is something that I can do one day, you know, and that's very powerful. So that's what we want to make sure we're creating for the future. Oh, I'm happy I brought it up and everyone can share this interview, get the word out. And then when yes. you, when there is, um, you know, when we can donate, just let us know. And we, I'm sure that a lot of people would love to support you. It's a great Absolutely. cause. Love appreciate it. That. Now, Ainsley, even though you've already achieved so much in your career, what else can we expect from you in the future? Do you have any plans or is it kind of all up in the air at the moment because of waiting for restrictions to ease? <laughs> It's a little bit of both. There are some, uh, again, there are some things sort of hovering, but it's it's a, it's a bit movable at the moment. But I hope to be able to, you know, block that in soon and and perhaps share it with uh, share it with everybody. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of, I guess, what I would like to do in the future, I don't really, I, you know, I, I I said before, I would love to return to the states. I would love to return to Broadway at some point. But in saying that. Um, you know, uh, I it's that's not about leaving Australia because I I love Australia so much. I love this industry, and for the for the longest time, I've always thought, oh, I can make a career that sort of um, transitions between both, that moves oh, yeah. between both. So um, you know, it's not about just going over there and and being like, see ya. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I really want to keep my connections here, and and this is this is the country where I got my big break and and um and this is my home so i want to be be able to perform here um well well into my career um and then on top of that i think i mentioned earlier i'd love to be in a film probably a musical film i love you know i, yeah, I would love that'd to be, be awesome something like 
you know, those films that we love, like Chicago or Into the Woods or, you know, there are, there are so many. <laughs> Talk about Hugh Jackman before. Right. In, in the Heights is about to come out, you know, and West Side Story probably sooner into the future. Um, yeah, all of these wonderful. you in a West Side Story? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> One of these wonderful remakes or, or, or new new movie musicals. I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. Oh, there's heaps of them. So heaps of opportunities oh. for you. <laughs> And I'm so glad to see that you're going to, you know, stay here in Australia as much as you can, as well as make yes. us proud over in the States, because we love, all us Aussies love watching you on stage. So, and yeah, I as I said, hopefully we can do a face-to-face interview in the future and, you know, you're welcome on any time. So, you know, when you make it bigger and bigger and bigger, don't forget me <laughs> either. <laughs> I won't, I won't. I'll be back. Yes. <laughs> Now, Ainsley, I think it's time for the Rave It Up game. It's called the two-minute hot seat. So all I'm going to do is ask you questions, and you just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats, singing or dancing, and you have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. And then we're going to see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game on the show. All right. No pressure at all. (laughs) Let me get my timer out. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> We're ready. Let's do this. Okay. Now, the person on the top of the leaderboard has answered 101 questions, and that's a lot. <laughs> that was in person, and it was her second time playing it. So um, oh I gosh. don't expect you to get up that high. And All because right. it's over Zoom, I'm going to give you like 2 minutes 15 just to make it fair because it's a okay. <laughs> little bit of a delay <laughs> virtually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you all ready? Let's do it. Okay. Three, two, one. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Apple or Android? Apple. Rap or rock? Rock. Rock or pop? Pop. Pop or country? Pop. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. Comedy or action? Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Oh, brunettes. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Sunglasses or hat? Hat. SUV or convertible? Convertible? Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? PlayStation! Singing or dancing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Uh, Both. Italian. Summer or winter? Winter. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? (laughs) Scarlett Johansson. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Johnny Depp. Mall or online shopping? Mall. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Ice cream. Cake or cookies? Cookies. Cookies or cookie dough? Oh, cookies. Family or friends? (laughs) Oh, family. Football or soccer? Soccer. Christmas or your birthday? Christmas. Night or day? Night. Bus or train? Train. Straight or curly hair? Curly. Eye color blue or brown? Blue. Vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Texting or calling? Texting. Sydney or Melbourne? Woo, Melbourne. Friday or Saturday? Friday. TV or movies? Movies. Starbucks or Glory Jeans? Starbucks. Snow or surf? Surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Family Guy. McDonald's or Hungry Jack's? Oh, McDonald's. Red Rooster or KFC? <laughs> KFC. French fries or chips? French fries. Burger or hot dog? 
hot dog. Pies or sausage rolls? Sausage roll. Tomato sauce or barbecue sauce? Oh, barbecue sauce. And we're out of time. <laughs> I got you so excited about some of those questions. You're like, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cookies. <laughs> it's so high because some of them I was like, oh, both. Or then some of them I felt terrible picking one. <laughs> I've played it too. Someone asked me the questions. I was like, oh, my God, I have new respect for all of my guests. It's much harder than you think it is. <laughs> and some things I've never, ever thought about also. Oh, well, that's good. I really oh, got you thinking dough. today in this interview. <laughs> it was particularly tricky because I was like, cookie dough, my my head in that millisecond was like, I love cookies. I love cookie dough. Cookie dough usually upsets my stomach because it's not cooked. Mm, no, cookies. Right. <laughs> funny how that. your brain worked just then. Uh, uh, how many questions do you think you answered in that time? Maybe like 35. Ooh, very close. You answered 49 questions. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And you're sitting number 39 on the Rave It Up leaderboard. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. But hey, Good. that just means you're just going to have to come back on the show in person and then that way you can answer them quicker. <laughs> there's room for improvement. Oh, well, it's always a fun game though, right? I, I really got you really excited there. So that's uh -huh. what matters. <laughs> And we all learned something new about you too. The fans love that game because they do get to learn some fun things about you. <laughs> and we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview, Ainsley. But as a closing statement, and was probably the most important question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Gosh, that's fun. That's a tricky question, isn't it? What would I tell my 14-year-old self? It would probably be a reaffirming statement as opposed to a you know, do something differently. It would, you know, it would be like, keep working hard um, and, and don't worry about what anybody else says. Um, you know, you can do this and there is, there is, there is room for you in this industry and, and you have the ability, you know, to, to achieve your dreams, um, which, gosh I would like to think I thought at that point maybe mm. so maybe it's like a you know it's reaffirming that for myself at that age to be like no you can do this yeah. I love that that's very positive yeah. and probably good for all our young listeners too that you can do it there is a room in the industry for you yes yeah a lot of people think it's just so competitive which it is but there is room for everybody you know it is. It's wait for that one opportunity yeah that's right but there is room you're right and we can we can share it around yeah and yeah. if the listeners would like to contact you or find out what you're up to in the future, where should they go? Instagram? Yeah, or... yeah Instagram's good. Ainsley Mellon on Instagram or uh, website, ainsleymellon.com is also very good. They're probably the two channels I frequent most. I must say that I'm not a avid poster. So if you are, you are after content on the daily, you probably won't find that from me, <laughs> but at least you can keep up with the, uh, with the, Updates important stuff. Yeah. You yeah. post the important That's stuff. That's what matters. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on our show today, Ainsley. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. I, I know we went over time, but we we're just having so much fun. So I didn't want to yes. I didn't want to stop you. You're just giving us gold no. today. So thank you. Right. No, thanks for having me. And please keep in contact. You know, come back on the show in the future. And you know, since we're both in Sydney, actually do one face to face one day when it's not right. pouring rain outside. <laughs> Let's do that. Awesome. Thank you for listening. 
If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.